1: Okay, before I get to my next guest, Keith Stewart, I want to talk to you about our friends over at Adele Golf. Have you been custom fit for your putter or even for your wedges? Adele Golf is the industry leader in scoring club fitting. Their putter fitting system is the most complete putter fitting system in golf. The EAS line of putters can get your putting dialed in. Also check out their swing match system wedges with weight adjustability to make sure your wedges are truly fit to your swing. Go to Adellgolf.com and schedule your fitting today. I also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Squares Golf. Are you like me, always considering new golf equipment, maybe a new driver? Well, let me reset your thinking because I discovered Squares Golf Shoes. The patented Squares Toe provides balance, stability, and a wider base for increased connection to the ground, effectively increasing your swing speed by 2.2 miles per hour, and an average of nine yards of distance. Independent testing proves it. That's right. It's proven in science. Go to squares.com, get the Squares 30-day money-back guarantee, and use promo code DISTANCE to get $20 off. Remember, distance comes from swing speed, and swing speed comes from your connection to the ground. Squares, the distance golf shoe. Okay, now joining me is the host of the pro show, Keith Stewart. Keith is also a Class A teaching professional. Back in 2016, he was presented with the Horton Smith Award by the New Jersey PGA Section, which is given annually to the PGA Professional who is the model educator for PGA Golf professionals. In 2019, he was named the Section's PGA Professional of the Year, and in 2020, he was recognized with the Bill Strasbaugh Award for being a PGA Professional who displays outstanding integrity, character, and leadership. You can listen to Key's show on ESPN Radio AM 920 up in New Jersey, or online at 920ESPNNewJersey.com. It's also available as a podcast on just about every major podcasting site and app. He's recently started a new venture called Read the Line, which we're going to talk about here in just a minute, where he shares his insights that are spot on. And if you follow his weekly tournament picks, you're going to be putting some extra cash in your pockets. And it's a privilege to have him with me here tonight on Next on the Tee. Hey, Keith, how are you, my friend?
2: Oh, Chris, I'm doing great. So happy to be with you this evening. And uh, what better week than Masters week?
1: Absolutely right about that. And, Keith, I want to jump in. Like I mentioned a moment ago, your latest venture, read the line. Gaming is becoming such a big part of all of sports now. It used to be taboo, but now it's embedded within within golf, within the NFL, within Major League Baseball. Um, Talk about read the line and what you do
2: well, it's funny. you know you mentioned the taboo part, but all golfers bet it seems like you know, closest to the pin for a dollar, or let's play this nassau." and then all of a sudden it turned into sports betting, and, and folks were kind of confused about you know where that came from. But really betting is part of the fabric of the game when you think about it. And as a PGA professional, I was looking for ways to grow the game, to entertain people, to engage them. And I, I just looked at the sports betting marketplace, and I created a company called Read the Line. And I write a weekly newsletter. It's interactive. There's videos. There's interviews. There's all sorts of fun things in there. And I send it out to my subscribers every Wednesday. So it went out today for Masters Week. And I cover the PGA Tour and the LPGA Tour. And I make predictions, and people have a lot of fun with it. And, and you've been nice enough to say already, but um, we've been winning. We've been doing pretty good.
1: On your site, and again, readtheline.com, you talk about how your selections are based on swings and science, not emotions. Talk about how you read swings and the science involved.
2: Well, let's just start with this week, right? It's a very emotionally charged week at the Masters. Everybody knows the golf course. Everyone's an expert on Augusta National Golf Club. I mean, you know it. You're down there. Your audience is there in Atlanta, right there. Everybody there knows the golf course. They've probably been maybe even played, maybe been fortunate enough to play. And, you know, I feel like there's so many entities out there that say, oh, well, you know, Tiger's got to win this week, or Brooks has to win this week, or it has to be Rom, or this, or whatever. And I say, well, why? You know, as a PGA professional, uh, you know, I get involved in the science of the swing and why it works, and then maybe how that kind of compares and contrasts or fits with the architecture of the golf course, right? Uh, there are There a lot of right-to-left holes. or a lot of left-to-right holes. Um, are there a lot of uneven lies? Are there are there a hundred bunkers, and is that guy a good bunker player? You know, so my approach is unique in that I look at it as like a genuine, authentic golf voice, rather than someone who's just looking at an Excel spreadsheet and then you know comes up with a bunch of numbers and says, "Hey, here's my cookie cutter way of doing it. This is the person who's going to perform well." Well, you know, there's an emotional and a mental side of golf too, and I've experienced that not only as a player, as a professional, but also as a teacher over the years. I mean, I've probably taught over 10,000 hours worth of individual lessons in my career, and I still continue to teach to this day. And that's a big learning process as to how high-level elite players perform. And I take all of that, and I throw it into my brain, and then I come out with read the line every week. And the proven fact of the matter is, is that since we started the year, we've had four outright winners, and I only pick a couple people per week to win, and we've had four outright winners. I pick ladies and men to win each week. And, you know, one of the fun ones was I go back to the farmers at Tory. I picked Luke List to win, and he was a 90-to-1 long shot. And people say, how'd you do that? I said, well, if you want me to break it down, I could do that. But you know what? We
1: came up with him, and it was a home run.
2: <laughs> Indeed.
1: And in your, your uh, selections that came out in the newsletter this week, you like Tiger. Talk about why.
2: Oh, gee. Well, um, Augusta National Golf Club is the most predictive course on the PGA Tour. And there's a couple reasons for that. Number one, it is a major championship that's played at the same course every year by the same people, essentially, in blocks of like five and ten years. So we have a really, really good predictive history of who does what well there. And even though they tend to, kind of evolved the golf course. It, it kind of evolves with the golfers. So it's not like things are really changing much outside of the historical data that we have. And right now in the field, there is no better player at Augusta National than Tiger Woods. I mean, we we can go through it if you want, but the guy's been there 23 times, 21 times as a professional, never missed a cut 21 tries. He's got 14 top 10 He's got 12 top 5, he's got five green jackets. All right, in that entire sample size, Chris, okay? He's got the fifth lowest scoring average of anyone that plays. Now, there's guys like John Rom that are that are a little bit lower than him. He's only played there five times. Tigers played there 23 times. And he's got the fifth lowest scoring average. So, I think Tiger can contend for a variety of reasons, but the first thing you have to know is that the experience factor, he has checked that box off and then some.
1: Keith, I want to get your thoughts on Tiger Woods beyond this week. Today, Jay Busby wrote a great article explaining why Tiger matters. We all know the number of eyes he brings to any tournament he shows up at, but Jay wrote this. You don't have to like Woods as a human being to respect him. You don't have to approve of the way he's lived his life to admire the way He's pursued excellence with a relentless determination. Tiger Woods the man and Tiger Woods the icon are two very different beings. And it's entirely possible to tip your cap to the legend without endorsing the man. It's okay to appreciate generational greatness, friends. It doesn't come along that often. And that's where I am, Keith. I'm struggling. He's a dominant destroyer out on the golf course, certainly a -a once-in-a-generation talent. But he's not a person that I would want my son to idolize. What are your thoughts on Tiger Woods?
2: Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but he hasn't shot anybody yet, right? We're good on that front. Yeah. I mean, yeah, well, okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So let me ask you a question. We'll get to Tiger in a second, right? Yep. You look at legacy, right? The people's champion won the PGA championship last year, right? Phil Mickelson. Yep. So right now, um, we could have the same discussion about him and his record seemed perfect while Tiger had all of that trouble. You know, I think at the end of the day, we all face challenges in life. I mean, if the last three years have taught us all anything, it's that, you know what, there are good days and bad days. And you can string together a lot of bad days, all right? And, you know, I I think that it's important to keep things in perspective. We tend to put these athletes and celebrities up on pedestals that aren't really all that realistic, you know? Did Tiger sure. make the Yes. You know, Tiger and I are about the same age, okay? When I – and, you know, maybe your listeners know this, or I don't know if you talked about it earlier, but um, I knew Tiger very well. I, I worked at Isleworth Country Club from 1998 to 2003. And, you know, in that time, there were nine touring professionals there. So uh, your former guest was there, John Cook. Right. He lived there. Uh, Marco Mira. Tiger Woods is one of the people. All right. And I got to know Tiger very well. And that's one of the reasons why I know he can contend this week, because he would not be there and go through the scrutiny that he knows is coming with showing up. I mean, when's the last time we, we were analyzing people's FootJoy versus Nike shoes the minute they walked <laughs> on the property? OK, right. now, yep. you know, you and I, as, as golf pundits, we kind of laugh at that. Because that's just great entertainment that somebody goes to that level. But no one was worried about John Rahm's shoes six months ago. Nobody was worried about Colin Morikawa's jacket or something, you know, something or his haircut or anything like that, you know what I mean? But Tiger shows up and it's like, can he walk downhill? Can he walk uphill? What are his shoes like? You know, all of these factors, right? Well, all of that kind of adds to the pressure with which we put these people up on a pedestal. And I think that Tiger knows he made those mistakes, and I make the correlation between he and I in age is that we both have kids that are about the same age, and I felt like when all of that happened in 2009 around Thanksgiving, I was like, man, I was like, I'm a a tremendous Tiger fan, and that guy kind of let me down because I have kids the same age, and I can't imagine when they grow up how I would explain this to them, you know, that dad's hero was, ah, probably didn't make the best decisions right there, Chris, right? So I totally see your point. But with all that being said, let's fast forward maybe 10 years, and we have the PNC experience with his son, and we have the Hall of Fame experience with his daughter. It's obvious that he appreciates family, maybe now more than ever. He did make a mistake. All I would say is that to everyone that, you know, out there that kind of, does all this judging and everything else and, and so on and so forth, right? Let's separate sports from everything else, and let's just say, hey, if you want to root for him as an athlete, that's great. If you want to root for him as an athlete and you want to root for him, continue his comeback from 2009 and some of the other issues that he's faced in his career, well, I think that that's good too. If you don't, just remember, it's pretty quick to fall. Six months ago, Phil Mickelson was on the top of the golfing world. And now we can't find them. So I think it's hard sometimes for some of these athletes. And we've seen all the best of them go through it. Michael George, to name another person, right? They've, they've all had their falls from grace. And um, we certainly do love a redemption story. And it could be something similar to like Jordan Spieth at San Antonio last year. Or even what Tiger Woods is doing now or in 2019. So I, I try to keep an open mind on all that stuff. Um, I am biased. I spent five years of my life, my formative years there, my 20s with Tiger, very close, learning about him, his preparation, his work ethic. Um, I think at the end of the day, he's applied his work ethic on the golf course to his life, and I think we can all kind of see that the results have changed things a little bit, and I think that's great.
1: Keith, I want to go back with you in, in master's history. Is there a favorite master's memory that you'd like to look back on each year?
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, That's a great question. I love this one. Um, It's not necessarily the playing of the Masters, um, but there's a tie-in to the guy we were just talking about. Um, I'm a PGA professional, and, you know, that gives me the right to be able to go, whatever. But at the time that I worked at Iowa, we had certain connections to be able. We had a a couple of members that were members of Augusta National, and that helped me out. And um, in 2001, I had the opportunity to take my dad to Augusta National for the Masters. And, um, any son and father that golf together, you know, I mean, you can't think of a better gift to give your dad than to take him to the master's. So we went to the master's and we, we attended and we're there and we're on one of the practice round days and we, you know, we're over in the mass of people that is following Tiger Woods. And at that point in my life, it's in the middle of my tenure there at Isleworth. And he's walking down a chute from what was the, the old short game practice area, which was much smaller than it is now. Um. Threw a shoe to people that's, you know, I don't know, 10 deep, right? But we, I worked my way up to the rope because I said, you know what, in, a, in like 10, 20, 15 minutes, he's going to walk up this way and I want to say hi to him and just see if I can get him to recognize me because I had my father with me. So I was like, I'm like yanking him up through the crowd. And as it is, Tiger packs up his things and he starts walking towards the practice putting green, which is right there behind the 10th and first tees. And as he's walking by, I go, hey, T, hour, like that. And he stops and he like, look. Now he usually has that like really, Vapid look on his face, like he's just in a vacuum, and he's like, you know, he's got blinders on um, as he goes down the fairway, and he kind of stops and he he scans the crowd and he sees me. Now it's a practice round day, right? And he's like, he's like, hey, he's like, Keith, how you doing? I said, good. I said, do me a quick favor, and he's like, what do you want me to do? And I was like, could you meet my dad? And I like pull my dad up, right? And I was like, hey, Uh, and he was like, he's like, hi, how are you doing? I'm Tiger, and I'm like, this is my father, Keith, and of course, my name's Keith also. And Tiger goes, well, that'll be easy. He's like, nice to meet you. Right? Like that. And my dad like shook his hand and then Tiger started walking away. I said, have a good practice round. He said, all right, I'll see you next week. You know, meeting back at the club where he lived. And then he walked away. And then like, to this day, my dad, I'll never forget his face. He was like, that was Tiger Woods. And he knew my son. And he was just like, you know what I mean? Like father to son, you know, sons always are trying to live up to the expectations of their dad, you know, in good ways and bad. Right. But like, in that moment, like, he was like, my dad was, like, totally speechless. And uh, I'll never forget that. So as far as Masters memories go, um, I've been to a couple, and um, I've, obviously I've watched them all. But um, there's nothing that beats that for me.
1: Keith, how great was it for Jennifer Cupcho and the LPGA for her to win a major championship almost two years to the day since she won the Augusta National Women's Amateur?
2: Well, I'm so happy you bring up the LPGA because I cover them from a golf betting perspective, week in and week out, on Read the Line. And I love it because the stories of the LPGA, I mean, there's so many good players there right now at the top of the heat. And Jennifer being one of them as an upstart that came up after she won the inaugural uh ANWA and then she came on tour and then she hadn't won yet, and then she won the weekend of. I mean, the parallels are super unique and fun, but I follow the LPGA intimately every week, and there's just so many great stories there. I mean, Chris, I I would throw the question back at you. Is there a better time for golf right now? I mean, just look at this weekend. You have the the, the inaugural ANWA winner, winner first tournament, which is a major, on the weekend of the ANWA, which is won by a 16-year-old who's left-handed, right? Tiger Woods return. You have the drive, chip, and putt in the middle. And then, of course, you have, what is about to take place tomorrow? I mean, this is like Christmas Eve for adults right now. You know, I tomorrow 100%. is the day we get to open up. We get to open up the present on Masters.com, and you know, it's on the range with you know with Brian Kroll, and then we're you know we're off on the feature groups with you know all the rest of the people calling it. And I, I tell you, I mean, I, I think every week there's another amazing story. I mean, you cover it with this fantastic show. Obviously, think about some. We have nine first-time winners on the PGA Tour this year, and we have three out of seven events on the LPGA Tour since the year started. I mean, it's like there's all these amazing things. You know, I was looking at something. This is kind of a cool thing. You'll appreciate this. So I was was putting together some stuff for Read the Line last week, and I I love to do a deep dive and to come up with a narrative of what's going to happen. And one of the things I believed was going to happen in San Antonio was that five out of the last six years, the person who won was someone who needed to win in order to get into the Masters. Now, the only one that wasn't was Jordan Spieth a year ago. But the other five years before that, it was somebody who needed to get in, right? So I thought, well, Rory's there, Bryson's there, Jordan's there. I said, they'll do their thing, but they're thinking about next week. There's no doubt about that. And if you want to win on the PGA Tour, it's hard. You have to be focused on what you're doing. Now, who needed to get in the Masters? Matt Kuchar? What was he doing in San Antonio? Contending, right? You know, and then J.J. Spawn jumps up there, and he gets to go in. So six out of the last seven years, somebody has had to fight their way to get into the Masters. I mean, we just have these cool stories every single week. It's just, to me, golf isn't such a great place. I'm a PGA professional. My life is involved in just, you know, not just growing the game, but, like, getting people to be golfers and to appreciate it and to be entertained by it like you and I are so much.
1: And Keith, speaking of growing the game, and you've won several awards during your career as a PGA professional, but PGA professional of the year, I can get any bigger than that in the New Jersey section. Talk about what it was like being recognized by your peers that way.
2: Oh, um, I mean, uh, you know, I'm seldom at a loss for words, but I was when I got that phone call because like so many men and women, Uh, that work tirelessly side by side, like all my colleagues in the PGA of America and the volunteers and the officials and everything. We just love the game and we, and we give to it because it has given us so much back. And you put your head down and you try to do the best you can. And you're not really thinking about being recognized for anything. You just, you do it because you love it. And to get a phone call like that, where people, just, I mean, love me or hate me on me. And I, I do things. Uh, in a lot of ways, Chris, and you know this about me because we've been friends, but um, I'm a little bit outside the box and, you know, golf is known forever as uh, Navy blue blazers and ivory towers at the USGA. You know what I mean? And and the rules and, and strict guidelines and restrictions and and all of these other things. And um, I'm just not one of those people. You know, I, I was a traditional golf pro with a contemporary mindset. So when I got the call, that I was golf professional of the year. That to me was like the greatest piece of validation that all the crazy things that i would ever done to try to change the narrative around the game in the Northeast, you know, the conservative golf Northeast. I don't mean that in a red blue way. I just mean that in a, there's a lot of private clubs up here that are very old and places that I'd worked, And, you know, they had very traditional thinking and to try to change that culture and to get people to have more fun in a top golf sense of golf, Rather than just the strict, you know, always the same competitions and formats and so on and so forth and introduce more children and, and women and families into the game and definitely more fun. Um, it was just cool. It was just the coolest thing in the world. And, uh, you know, my folks were there and I have, I have an older sibling that was there. My wife was there and, uh, you know, it's just, it all takes a village, man. And, uh, to have all those people there that helped shape me and, um, allowed me to be the, the, um, the human, the thoughtful human being I am today, you know, nothing better, man. Just nothing better.
1: Keith, you do a great radio show called The Pro Show, and I was honored to be a part of it last fall. It meant a, it meant a great deal to me. Um, talk about your show and the things that you talk about there.
2: So goes along with the last question. Um, I was your classic head golf professional um, at a wonderful club called Springdale Golf Club in Princeton, New Jersey. 1895 120 something years old and I just was always looking for new and interesting ways to communicate with my members and uh, lo and behold that led me to going to the radio and telling more stories about golf and spreading the word about what was going on at the club and communicating with people and celebrating the winners of the club and then next thing you know it evolved into I was getting guests on the show and and it just kind of took on a life of its own and now for plus years later um, you know, we have all sorts of interesting personalities on there like yourself or uh, like last year for mother's day, we had Annika on um, a couple years ago. We had Gary player. on. It was like, one of my favorite shows ever was Gary player because I got him to sing. And a lot of people don't know this. So like one of the, one of the things I love to do as a human being, Chris, is I love puzzles. I love to figure out puzzles. When I was a kid, my dad used to lay out, like, those 5,000-piece puzzles on the dining room table, and he would go work on them from time to time throughout, like, a week, two weeks or whatever. And I would always kind of jump in during the day when I got home from school, and I would put pieces in. And, you know, I just love figuring those things out. And, it, you know, so I was doing research on Gary Player, and I found out that in 1970, he released a recording album, okay, that he liked music that much. So we started playing a bunch of music on the show, which you know, I love to do. And next thing you know, Gary says, Hey, could, you, could your producer get this song or whatever for me? And I said, Oh, we'll, we'll get it. And I, and my producer's kind of waving me on and he's saying, he's like, just get him talking. I'll find it. I'll find it. So we're going, we're going. Like two minutes later, he's like, I got the song. So he starts playing the song. Next thing you know, Gary starts singing, right? Wow. And this is Gary Player. He's 85 years old and he's singing. Um, this was like 2019 Thanksgiving show. It was un believable it was so much fun and to me you, people always ask me like what do you do on your show i said we celebrate golf okay uh, like 2010 if you think back to then there was that famous Ted talk with Simon Sinek where he talked about why statements right versus the what and my why statement for being a PGA professional is i always want to change the narrative around the game you know i always want to change the storyline and i went to the radio in order to talk to as many people as i can Scream from the mountaintops to tell them what an exciting, fun, valuable, rewarding, you know, emotionally charged, electric, you know, this amazing game that golf is. And that was just like one of the super highlight moments. Like we've had all sorts of great people, like the CEO of TaylorMate David Abley or um, one of my favorite ones was um, the guy who developed Whoop, Will Ahmed. I mean, that was like a really that fitness wearable that guy was like transcendent the way that he spoke. It was like talking to Steve jobs when he was 30. It was so cool. And we've had four players like a John cook or an Andrew McGee or, or guys like that. And then we've had all sorts of personalities in golf like yourself that really, I mean, if not for people like you and what you do and your reach and you making the game more humanizing and, and fun and, you know, like authentic at the end of the day. I mean, that's, That's really the spirit behind Read the Line, Chris, is that I wanted to humanize golf betting because everybody does it, and it's safe now, and it's online, and it's regulated. And you can only bet what you put into the site. You can't go to a bookie and bet $10,000 you don't have. They won't do that, right? You can only bet what's in there. So it's fun now. It's entertainment. It's a form of, like, you and your friends can get together and have a pool, and and or a league or something like that a week in a week out and you can spend more time engaged in the game i mean when my wife comes down the hall and asks me how taylor gooch is playing golf i'm like my wife shouldn't even know who taylor gooch is but she does <laughs> because because she might have him in DraftKings, and she's like i know you're looking at scores what is he at? you know like that's great for golf you know or she might ask you know she's like the jin young co shoot in the 60s again and i'm like she did she's like isn't that like thirty one times in a row? And I'm like, I don't know, it's like a hundred times in a row, really. But like, you know, I mean, those types of stories happen all over the country, and I'm just trying to bring people together and, you know, kind of capture the power of that moment and then spread it all over with you know with my PGA
1: touch. And it doesn't get better than that. I can't I can't there's not another question. There's not another way to cap our conversation better than the way you just framed it up right there, Keith. Let our listeners know how can they stay up to date with all the great things you're doing, find you online, find you on the radio, and also find you on social media.
2: Well, let's just start where we started. You got to go to readtheline.com. There's a free version of the newsletter and there's a premium member version. Do what you want. Start with the free. You'll love it. The outright picks are on there. There's some stories in there. There's always a great narrative. I love to write. And then if you get hooked, don't blame me. Or if you win, you can blame me. But you're gonna <laughs> sign up. And, you know, you're gonna sign up for the premium version. Have fun with that. You can find me writing all the time, coaching pieces on pga.com, vpga.com for the PGA of America. Um, this week, I'll be writing round recaps for the whole for every day of the Masters. But I, I'm there three to four times a week. You can find the, the articles under my byline. And then, of course, every Friday afternoon at 3 p.m., there is the Pro Show with Keith Stewart on ESPN nine twenty AM and I have a new one for you, Chris. I've got oh. a new one for you. Even okay. even you don't know about this yet, all right? Okay. So this week we started a new relationship I did with a company called Bet Online and they signed me to do a golf betting show, a thirty minute show. My co host is Chantel McCabe, formerly of the golf channel and now with Sirius XM and PGA Tour Live. And so the two of us break down the week ahead on the PGA tour and golf betting. And uh, it just started this week with the masters, no better way to kick it off. And you'll have us next week for the heritage. And we're covering all the major golf tournaments between now and the FedEx cup. And you can find it on Bet online. You can also follow me on Twitter at read the line underscore, or you can follow me on Instagram. I love TikTok. I put up a rap today in honor of the masters. Yes. A little hip hop for myself. Um, I did a little beastie boys rap in order to, things off for masters oh, cool. week and have a lot of fun I mean you know me Chris I'm I am uh I am a uh, I am I'm a select vintage for sure so um, <laughs> we're having a, we're, we're having a good time and um, so you can find me all over the place and uh, I love people to interact with me um, obviously folks you can tell I have a lot of passion just like the guy on the other end of this interview I mean nobody has more passion for the game and nobody is more grateful for what the game and the people have given him than you uh, Christmas, Carol. I can't thank you enough for what you do. I mean, you are the man. I mean, you bring so many wonderful people together and tell their stories in such an eloquent and wonderful fashion. I mean, the way you celebrate the game, I wish all people would.
1: I appreciate you saying that. That means a whole lot to me. I don't think I I can ever top what Keith Stewart just brought to the end of this show. I mean, that's, that's some classic stuff that's going to remain uh probably one of the top one of the top segments that I've been a part of and that our listeners got to listen in on in the history of this show. I can't thank you enough oh, for coming and sharing your thoughts, your insights, your passion and your energy with our listeners tonight. Top notch, my friend.
2: Can I ask you one quick question? You sure can. Who wins this week?
1: My thought, who wins this week? Yeah. I tell you what. Yeah. You talk about redemption. We talked about that a little bit ago. What I want to see yeah. happen and what I am pulling for is Jordan Spieth to win. What I think happens is, is Justin Thomas gets the win. I think he has picked Tiger's brain enough. I think they have played enough practice rounds together. I think I think JT is on the inside with Tiger. I think he's probably the only player on tour that Tiger would actually, you know, kind of give pointers to. And talk about strategy and all those sorts of things. And obviously, JT, is this isn't his first go-around at Augusta National. I think he kind of puts all of that together, and he gets a big win.
2: Hey, he's been there six times, made six cuts. He's got the perfect game for it. But he has a secret weapon, Chris. So I definitely agree with you. I love your pick. There's somebody on the bag that's got three Masters titles already. And I think that is your X Factor that pushes him across the finish line. So I love JT as a pick, and I hope it works out for you.
1: Nah, I hope so, too. Good luck. And you know, from my lips to God's ears, I hope JT gets uh, JT gets a big win. I'd I'd love to celebrate that come Sunday evening. My friend, I can't thank you enough for being a part of this show tonight. You're outstanding. You're probably the best in the business. And I'm not saying that just because you're on the other end of the microphone and you're listening in, and not because you had me on your show last fall. I've listened to a ton of your shows. They are informative, they are fun, and they are full of energy. And those are three things that the golfing world has needed and you have brought to the sport in the no- number of years you've been a part of it. I can't thank you enough for doing what you do.
2: Thank you, Chris. It means the world to me to be with you this evening on such a special week.
1: Take care, Keith. All the best to you and your family. I hope we get the privilege of catching up with you again soon.
2: Yeah, we got to do another home and home, all right? So tag, I'm it. You're on my show. <laughs> Sometime in the next month or two, we're going to have some fun, okay?
1: Look forward to it. Thank you so much. Take care. See you, Keith. Again, that's the great Keith Stewart and the shows, The Pro Show, which you guys can find on 920ESPNNewJersey.com, or if you're in the New Jersey area, listen to 920 AM ESPN Radio. Read the line. Folks, if you're not already out there subscribing to that, I don't know what's happened maybe maybe your, your internet is down something is blocking your way but if you're not beating a path to get that thing I don't know what else to tell you because Keith is outstanding and the way that he told you how he comes up with his winners I mean the science behind it and the things that he is looking at and the data analysis involved boy you're just you're just you're just you're depriving your bank account my friend if you haven't gone out there and done that so he is fantastic, and I'm looking forward to checking out bet, you know, bet, you know, the bet online fees. That's even better. It takes it just to the next level. Keith's an outstanding human being, folks. I love his energy and his positivity, and we look forward to having him back on the show again soon. All right, my friends, it is time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the T. My sincere thanks go out to Rob Strano, John Cook, and Keith Stewart for joining me tonight. Please check out our guest schedule online by going to nextonthetee.net. Scheduled to join me next week, a great friend of the show, one of the top 100 instructors in the game, Eric Johnson, is going to be back. It's always a fun episode when Eric's a part of it. Former PGA Tour pro and now one of the best broadcasters in the business, Frank Nabalo will be back with me. As will our good friend John Patrick from the Augusta Golf Show. No better way to wrap up the Masters week. Then having John Patrick as a part of the show. So looking, uh, looking forward to having him here. And then we'll round out the show with the first female president of the PGA of America. Susie Whaley will be making a return appearance here on next on the T. So it's going to be a great show, folks. I hope you'll come back and be a part of it with us. You can listen to this show as a podcast on just about every major podcasting app, like Apple podcast, Spotify, Google podcast, podcast.co audioboomplayer.fm, Podbean. If you have a favorite podcasting app and you're not sure if we're on it, just go to the search bar, type in Next on the T." We're probably on there as well. Folks, I can't thank you enough for choosing to listen to this show tonight. I know you've got a lot of golf podcasts to choose from. I'm very thankful that you're making Next on the T" one of them. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends.